Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Laker fans, greatly, greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. The first Lakers talk of 2022 and, of course, the Lakers uh, got off to a, a win to end 2021, and they also got off um, to a uh, win to start 2022. So we appreciate you guys being a part of the show. A lot going on tonight. So let me just kind of give everybody just a quick understanding of uh, what we got going on for the show tonight. 19-19 and 19 so far on the season. Uh, certainly the Lakers, nobody really thought through 38 games they'd be a 500 team. So kind of the pluses, the minuses so far. Uh, LeBron James still playing like the best player in the world. We'll talk about that. A um, couple angles on Russell Westbrook. I'm a uh, supporter of Russell Westbrook. Did not like not just the game that he had yesterday, but I think some of the post-game comments makes me kind of scratch my head a little bit. Uh, the Lakers without Anthony Davis, the Rondo trade to the Cavs. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about Taylor and Tucker, top NBA story. So we got a lot to get into tonight, and we only have an hour to do it. So, uh, as always, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, I'll start off the show with this. 19-19 and 19 on the season. So the Lakers are 38 games in. And by the end of this week, and if Laker fans remember this, you know, we skipped last week. I was off, and we didn't have a Lakers talk last week. Um, but if... Um, if you kind of think about this from uh, just the perspective of where the Lakers sit today, when this week ends, the Lakers are 50% done with the schedule. They're halfway through the schedule um, of the season. So they'll be 41 games in. Uh, I think I've said a couple different times, Sacramento coming up, then the Atlanta Hawks on Friday night, and then you close out the week against the Memphis Grizzlies on a Sunday. And we are at the halfway point. And I, I try to think of, you know, where this team is today and what the hope is the rest of the way. And, I, look, I, I know it's safe to say, and this is no earth-shattering news or anything along those lines, but they still got a long, long way to go. And when I say they still got a long way to go, let me, let me you know, mean exactly, let me kind of clarify what I mean. It's not just a long way to go because there's 44 games left in the season. It's a long way to go in the sense of, the identity of who this team is today and who it's going to be by the time we get closer to March and April and then the postseason starts. Um, I don't think anybody's you know questioning whether the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. I mean, heck, if we're doing that, then uh, you know it's already a, a wash season if that was going to be the case. Of course, health is going to have a lot to do with it. You've got to get Anthony Davis back. The Lakers got to play better basketball. All that is... Um, I, there, there's no questioning how far the Lakers have to go to get where they ultimately want to be. Um, but when I say it's still a long way to go for this team, I, I'm still trying to figure out who exactly they are on a night-in, night-out basis. In just the couple weeks that we didn't have a show, and of course I'm still doing all the pregame and postgame shows and uh, just started back up this morning with Travis Rogers doing our show, but in the couple weeks that we didn't have a show, um, remember it was – the loss to the Phoenix Suns and to the San Antonio Spurs and to the Brooklyn Nets. And all these games were, um, you know, at the time, Staples Center, now Crypto.com. Um, and then it was squeaking out a win against the Houston Rockets on the road, losing against Memphis where you got outplayed in the fourth quarter. And you actually you, you played a good game against a, a good team and you had a chance to win it, but you didn't come through at the end. Uh, then it's the Portland game where it's a blowout, not even close. And then yesterday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I think the, the last couple of weeks has been indicative to this entire season. You don't really know what you're going to expect on a night-in, night-out basis with this Lakers team. I know LeBron's going to be fantastic. I know there's going to be a player, maybe it's Malik Monk or maybe it's Carmelo Anthony, that's going to have a good night as well. But all the other elements to the game, I'm not sure of. And the good news for the Lakers and it started here in these last couple of days, all their players are back from health and safety protocols. 
So it wasn't just, okay, well, Anthony Davis is out, and then on top of AD, you're also missing Monk and Austin Reeves and Avery Bradley and Trevor Ariza. And, you know, go down the list of all these players that have been out, Dwight Howard. Um, they're already thin enough as it is without Anthony Davis. They're already, there's no margin for error because you're missing one of the elite players in the NBA, and they have not been playing all that well, that to then miss all those other role players was devastating for the Lakers. And there's no... Um, there's no way of sugarcoating that. So I think as the rest of the season progresses, I'm not sure where we are with this Lakers team. Um, when Anthony Davis comes back, you know, it, maybe that's going to be a much clearer picture. But I think for now, and even when AD comes back, I think there's going to take a second there for the, the picture to get more clear. But I, I think, you know, as of right now for the Lakers, they're still trying to figure out their identity I think there are times we could sit back and say, wow, that was a good half of basketball. Um, wow, that was a really good quarter of basketball. Wow, they played really good defense on that possession or a couple of possessions. But, you know, through a scope of two weeks or something along those lines, I, I don't have the answer of what this Lakers team is. I really don't. And I think they've been incredibly inconsistent this season. I I'm happy they they're, they've gone on a two-game winning streak here. I'm happy that after they had lost five games in a row – um, they took advantage of a couple games, the Portland Trailblazers, and we know how beat up Portland is, whether it's C.J. McCollum or Yusuf Nurkic or Robert Covington or number of players that are missing for the Blazers. But to be honest with you, you know, I, I don't show any sympathy towards other teams who have players out because the Lakers have had a number of players that were out. Yesterday against the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, you had D'Angelo Russell and you had Carl Anthony Towns that weren't able to be a part of the game. And that's just kind of been the schedule of the NBA. And the Lakers have had so many different instances where their top players haven't been a part of the game or their role players haven't been a part of the game that you kind of just try to take advantage of opportunities that are in front of you. And, you know, certainly the Lakers did that over the last couple of nights. Um, but I, I can genuinely say Lakers got three more games this week that I think are critical, very important. You know, Michael Thompson told this to Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo came on the broadcast, uh, what was that, after the Lakers beat the Blazers. And he said to Carmelo um, something to the effect of, hey, are, are you guys looking at this homestand as a homestand that you got to go 5-0? and Carmelo kind of danced around the question that, no, we're not having a specific conversation about it, but we know what's in front of us here. Um I think they got to go four and one on this homestand, especially because you already grabbed the first two games, and you got three games left uh, this week that are all at Crypto.com Arena. And as you look at, okay, well, where are the Sacramento Kings? They're below 500 team. Where's Atlanta? They're a below 500 team. And then Memphis is the tough one that if you lost against them, you would say, okay, well, Memphis is nine games above 500 or wherever they sit. We know how good of a team they are, but I, I think it's critical that you do walk away that when the dust settles this week and you're sitting right now at 19 and 19, that when you get to the halfway point, that you are a game above 500. And I, I don't think it's a guarantee that it's going to happen because they could lose a game against the Kings. They could lose a game against Atlanta. And we know they could lose against Memphis because they've already done it this season. Um, and and I, I don't know if there are these, you know, it's a mentality thing, but if it continues to be the same, it, you know, over the next couple of weeks that it's been for the Lakers in the first half of the season, that's a really kind of tough taste in your mouth where you're not really sure. Now you're, you know, completely dependent on LeBron having unbelievable games and you're praying that, you know, obviously AD comes back uh, as soon as possible to um, keep this thing going. You're going to have some challenges in front of you. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination, the Lakers won't, but you got your players back from health and safety protocols. And now you got this opportunity where I think you got a little bit favorable of a schedule where if you start looking at January, there's still going to be a lot of tough games. So aside from the game against Memphis, you got a game at Denver. You still got a game at Miami. Utah comes to crypto. You got at Brooklyn, at Philly, at Charlotte, at Atlanta. You go on a six-game road trip uh, coming up towards the end of the month. It's only going to get tougher for the Lakers. So you got to try to stack up some victories um, as much as you can and as uh, often as you can. And the Lakers are certainly going to be in that position. And, you know, hopefully, like I mentioned, they take advantage of that schedule in front of them. Is it perfect basketball for the Lakers? No, it's definitely not perfect basketball. 
Um, nobody's saying that it's been perfect basketball for this team. And, and I think that, you know, they got a ways to go to kind of figure things out. And the expectations are that you – uh, you beat some of these teams that you're supposed to beat. Hopefully the Lakers take advantage of that, and we know that there's been plenty of time so far this year that has not always uh, been the case. Um, okay, quick shout-out here. Thank you to uh, Harris Resort, Southern California, um, a sponsor of this uh, show here on Lakers Talk. We appreciate their partnership on the show. We appreciate, by the way, all our partners that we have on the show, uh, we appreciate it, and Harris has certainly been a, a loyal one. Go to HarrisSoCal.com. That's where you can book your stay. That's step number one in the process, HarrisSoCal.com, so don't forget to go there. Is LeBron James still the best player in the world? I think that's uh, safe to say that he is 100% playing like the best player in the world. He's played 26 games this year. He is averaging 28.5 points per game. That's only second to Kevin Durant, and he turned 37, uh, what was that, on Thursday. So last week he turned 37. And some of his stats are so ridiculous, and I know this is not, you know, some people might say, oh, well, stats only tell part of the story. LeBron James is not a stat stuffer. He never has been. LeBron James is somebody who's won four NBA championships uh, has got four finals MVPs, has been to the NBA Finals 10 years. When you have that type of success, that's not stat stuffing. That's getting results, and the stats just happen to come with how great of a player that you are. So I point that out for a couple of different reasons. Um, this stretch that he was on over a couple of weeks, you know, yesterday was the first game in the past eight games where he didn't score 30 points or more. But it's not just getting to 30 points. That's not, you know, getting to 30 points just tells part of the story. That that 100% does not tell the full story. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that. Yesterday he had 26 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. And he shot for the first time in 8 games below 50%. He was 7 of 15. So just below 50%. That is the worst game that he's had over the course of, you could say, a couple of weeks. Because against the Blazers, it was 43-14-4, plus two steals and two blocks, 16 of 26 from the field. Against the Grizzlies, it was 37-13-7, plus two steals and two blocks. He shot 13 of 25. The Rockets, it was 32-10-11. The Nets, it was 39-9-7. The Spurs, it was 36-9-6. You guys get the theme here um, that he's not only doing it on the offensive end, but he's also doing it on the defensive side. He's not only making it happen for himself by getting that many points, but he's doing it in such an efficient way. 16 of 26, 13 of 25, 11 of 19, 14 of 25, 15 of 26, 13 of 19. I mean, I keep going all the way down to that game against the Chicago Bulls back on December 19th, 11 of 21, where he goes 31, 14, and 6. I know I'm throwing out a lot of numbers here. It's mind-boggling. It really, really is. It's it's mind-boggling to see what he's done over this course of you know these uh, uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, now there's there's a downside to it, and you know I'll explain the downside here. the The downside is, well, how have you done in those games? So let let's spend a little time doing that when we come back. Um, as always, again, uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, let's talk some LeBron James when we come back. Plus, uh, I got uh got to talk about Russell Westbrook. I, I thought last night's game, plus some of his post game comments. Um, you know, that, that part worries me, and I'll tell you what I'm referring to coming up next. Uh, stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Are you tired of uncomfortable, stuffy clothing when you're on the move? Task Performance is here to revolutionize your active lifestyle. Crafted with their innovative organic cotton and bamboo fabric blend, Task Performance's Carrollton Collection is Task's all-time most popular active wear. Task Carrollton Collection is breathable, moisture-wicking, and provides USPF 50-plus sun protection, keeping you fresh, cool, and comfortable all day long. 
task has harnessed the natural performance qualities of bamboo to deliver amazingly soft and durable apparel produced in an ethical and sustainable manner. Whether you're hitting the gym or on the trail, the golf course, traveling, the office, or just around town, Task Carrollton Collection will help you feel better, move better, and live better. Available in dozens of colors. See what better looks like at taskperformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCperformance.com. Task, creating the most comfortable performance apparel on the planet. All right, Lakers uh, continue their homestand tomorrow against the uh, Sacramento Kings. Then they got Atlanta. Then they got Memphis. And then uh, they go back out on the road. So Lakers, all home games this week. Uh, appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers talk. So just talking about LeBron James. Um, yeah, he's only playing like the best player in the world. Uh, literally. He's still playing as if he's turned 37 on Thursday. And his points per game, 28.5 points per game. Six and a half assists. Uh, seven and a half rebounds per game. Uh, what has he got? Just under two steals a game, a block on top of that, shooting 52% from the field, averaging 37 minutes per game as well. Uh, who's in front of him? Uh, Fred Van Fleet and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's averaging 37.1 minutes per game. LeBron's averaging 37 minutes per game. So um, just to, it, it's been incredible doing what he's doing. Now, the, the downside, yes, there is a downside to LeBron playing as great as he has, um, you know, over this stretch of the last couple weeks. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. He had a great game against the Blazers. They won that game. He had a great game against the Grizzlies. They lost that game. He had a great game against the Rockets. They won that game. Nets, Spurs, Suns, Bulls, Timberwolves. Um, basically, Lakers are, uh, they've got a couple wins over the last eight games. And, you know, at one point they were on a five-game losing streak. Now they've won two of their last three. So, uh, you know, they put themselves in a position now, what is that, two out of the last eight games that they've won. And I, I bring that up for a reason. You want LeBron James performing at the absolute highest level in the moments that are most important in the basketball season. And I'm not, you know, people are going to say every game counts. You know, when you play a game in October, it goes to the standings the way it does in April. And when you play a game in uh, in November or December, it still counts as a W or an L. You're right about that. I'm not arguing that at all. You need every win that you can get, especially for the Lakers because they're 19 and 19. But the reason why I point it out is he is literally doing historical things at age 37 right now. And the problem with him having those type of performances right now, you do get concerned to say, um, actually the Lakers have won three of their last four games. So the Houston game lost to Memphis. They beat Portland. They beat Minnesota. Had a chance to beat Memphis as well. So let me point that out. So since that five-game losing streak, they've won three of four. Um, part of the part of the issue with him putting in the amount of minutes that he's putting in right now and having these types of performances, what you're saying is, Man, are we wasting the best version of LeBron James in December and January? I hope not. You know, you, you certainly hope that Bron, that maybe he's doing what he's doing right now, and then by the time Anthony Davis comes back, he could kind of take a little bit of a step back. The problem is, Laker fans, I've watched every single game over the last couple of years, certainly since LeBron James has been here, and there has been no example that LeBron can take a step back. There just hasn't. And even if LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis are all playing at the same time, there's no indication there to say that, hey, LeBron, take your foot off the gas a little bit. Just cruise for a little while. We're only in February. Um, I wish that was the case for the Lakers. It hasn't been. That The fact that he's putting his foot so far or so hard on the gas pedal while we're still in December and January that that's fair to say that man that that how can that not be a concern because the last thing you want him to do is shoot all his shots three months before the playoffs start shoot all his shots and tire himself out at a point of the season that you were hoping that no 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 um, you got to ramp up to get to the playoffs not shoot every bullet you have out of your gun before you're even you know can see where the real competition is going to be down the road. And that's been part of the concern with LeBron James this year. It's not, listen, it ain't his fault. 
to be honest with you, it's nobody's fault. I mean, if you want to point the finger, what you would say is, man, I wish uh, when Anthony Davis comes back, I hope he really starts taking over this team and there's more burden on his shoulders and he's the one carrying the torch for the Lakers the rest of the way until we get to the playoffs and LeBron could um, kind of gear up and ramp up for the postseason. But I don't believe that that's going to be true. I just don't. I've seen enough Lakers basketball where it's pretty much LeBron. Uh, we need you to do everything. We need you to deliver every single night. And even if you do all of that, it's still a 50% chance whether the Lakers are walking away with a W or the Lakers are walking away with an L. Um, that's the kind of the scary part of the Lakers' position and their predicament. Uh, I, I think getting back, certainly getting back all these players from the health and safety protocols, that's a positive thing. That's a good thing. That's something that we can all look at and feel good about. But ultimately, ultimately, when you think of big picture with the Lakers, um, really what it means is other guys got to step up because if every single thing's got to be on LeBron James and we're still the full month of January, February you could say is a half month because you're going to have the all-star break, the full month of March and then half of April – um, you're looking at three full months left of basketball before we even get to the most important part of the season, which is the postseason. So hats off to what LeBron has accomplished so far. And, you know, we're all rooting for him to have just this unbelievable season. But at the same time, thinking of it big picture perspective, if some of these other players, he has a great example when I when I do the post game show. One of the things I always look at, and I even tell Michael this. Michael does his game plan. Michael's game plan. We do it in the pregame show, and I always tell Michael this. One of the you know whatever point he makes, maybe he says uh, how one of, part of his game plan is going to be on the defensive side or how to defend a certain player. I always go out of my way to be like Michael. Who else steps up for the Lakers? Because. I know if Malik Monk and Carmelo Anthony and Avery Bradley have pretty good games and they're all over double figures and Lakers have four or five guys that score in double figures, they're probably going to win the game because Bron is going to drop 25 to 35 and do everything else. But if it's just Bron and there's only one or two other guys that are playing good basketball, Lakers are probably going to lose that game. So um, he's been incredible. How sustainable is it? To be honest with you, I don't think it's that sustainable. I think eventually um, things will average out. I think eventually through the grind of the season, you can't expect this from Braun every single night. So when he doesn't have games like that, does that mean the Lakers, that's just an automatic L and they're going to dip in the standings? I don't have that answer yet, but that part is you know certainly uh, a little bit uh, worrisome. Um, okay, as, uh, as we always do here, we uh, appreciate the partnerships on the show. Uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change um, – it's funny. I, uh, I I gave myself my own advice when I was doing the reads for Valvoline. Um, you know, everybody knows. Uh, you just pull up, drive in, drive out in about 15 minutes. Uh, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care more. You just got to visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. I took my own advice right before the holidays. Went in, Valvoline Instant Oil Change here in Pasadena. Uh, got the job done. No cars in front of me. There's three lanes there. Got into the one of the uh, first lanes and replaced air filter. Gave some other recommendations. Valvoline, take care of it. They did it. Uh, we appreciate their partnership on the show. So yesterday, the Lakers beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. And one thing really, really stuck out to me in the game. Um, you know, of course, you got the W, 108-103. Of course, the only thing that matters is did you walk away with a win? But I thought there was another part of the game or another area of the game that was, you know, I kind of was scratching my head. Um, Russ had nine turnovers in the game. Russell Westbrook had nine turnovers uh, in the game, in the loss yesterday against the, uh, or I'm sorry, against in the win yesterday against Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I'm, I think it's safe to say this. I'm a, I'm a Russell Westbrook supporter kind of go out of my way, especially in a season where the Lakers, the expectations are so high and they, you know, they're sitting at 500 and seventh place in the Western Conference. There's been a lot of conversations about the Lakers so far this year that they haven't been all that positive. Um, you, you see teams like the Warriors and the Suns and the Jazz thriving and Brooklyn's, you know, one of the, I think Chicago's got the best record in the Eastern Conference now. Um, but you see a lot of the teams that were either expected to be really good exactly where they're supposed to be or even some teams coming out of nowhere and playing really good basketball and 
um, even a team like Milwaukee, who uh, they're third place in the Eastern Conference, but they've won six games in a row, at least coming into tonight. Um, they almost have twice the amount of wins, and they do losses. So it, the Lakers have been kind of a target all season long, and it seems like every time the Lakers lose, Russell Westbrook's name is brought up. So yesterday after the win, um, Dave McMenamin, obviously uh, ESPN, uh, covers the Lakers for ESPN, asked Russ kind of a question about, all right, you know, it wasn't your best game. You had nine turnovers. Uh, you didn't shoot well from three. I think he went uh, 0 for 5 from the three-point line. Um, about kind of what do you do, what are some of your other contributions you bring when your game's not going well? And Westbrook says, he, I'm going to quote exactly. He said, I disagree. I disagree with the part that the game wasn't going my way. My game, you know, is fine. My game is not predicated on shots or if I turn the ball over. I miss some shots. That's part of the game. I'm allowed to miss shots. I can do that. Like any other player, I can do that. I can turn the ball over too. I can do that. That's all part of the game. So I, you know, listening to it live and listening to Russ's reaction, I guess I was hoping for or expecting a, a different reaction from Russ. I thought Russ probably would say, you know what, I, I got to be nine turnovers. I mean, it, it's that's such a that's such a high amount of turnovers that can't happen in a game. I got to be more responsible with the ball. I got to make sure that you know I got to find ways to make sure that I'm not committing that many turnovers on a night-in-night-out basis. It, it really hurts the team, and I'm too good of a player to have that many turnovers in a game. That's what I was hoping to hear from Russ. And I, I thought Russell Westbrook, listen, ultimately the Lakers are trying to compete for a championship. The bottom line is you can't have that many turnovers. And even if you have half that amount of turnovers, which, you know, on Russ's career, he's always averaged around four turnovers a game. So I think that that's going to be a part of his game. The problem is when he came to the Lakers, the idea and the concept was, well, this dude is not going to have the ball in his hands the way he had it in OKC or some of these other places. And I know KD was with him and Paul George was with him and James Harden was with him in Houston. I understand that. But once he comes to the Lakers, LeBron James is the quarterback. So I assumed automatically you're going to have less turnovers because you have somebody else that's controlling the ball a lot. He's going to dish out seven, eight, ten dimes a game, and I'm talking about LeBron James. So it's not going to all be on Russ's shoulders to carry that load. And I think it's so incredibly important and key for the Lakers and for Russell Westbrook to understand that it's not a, you know, it's never a personal attack or it's never because I hear this, you know, the media asking him a lot of questions. I get a lot of response around Russell Westbrook about, man, you know, this trade isn't working out or what's going on with Russ or why is he committing that many turnovers? I think from Russ's perspective as well, to it's okay to admit that, hey, you know what? No, I can't have games like that. The Lakers are going to go out and compete for a championship. Tell me how, Russell Westbrook, it's okay for your guard to have that many turnovers. It's not okay. You can't have that. And, you know, luckily, this is a Sunday night game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, But, man, I'm not doing my job either if I'm not admitting that nine turnovers is a crazy amount of turnovers for one player. And you have LeBron James on your team. A couple couple games ago, who did the Lakers lose to? I think the loss against Memphis. LeBron and Russ had ten turnovers combined. And I pointed it out, five apiece, that, hey, these two, you cannot have 10 turnovers amongst your two guards and think you're going to walk away with a win on the road. Uh, I, I think, you know, the the response maybe that I was hoping for from Russell Westbrook obviously didn't happen, but I almost want him, you almost feel like you want Russ to just, yeah, that's on me. You know what? Um, I got to do a better job. And I, I've, I've got a chance, and, you know, one of the things, wherever you stand with Anthony Davis and... Um, how he's performed so far this year. And, you know, obviously now he's out with his injury. Um, but one thing I've always appreciated from AD is if he has a night where he didn't take enough shots, he didn't get to the free throw line enough, he didn't play as good as, you know, we, we have very high expectations for Anthony Davis. So if AD doesn't have a night where it's 28 and 14 and two blocks, then we're all saying, uh, hey, AD, 
what happened tonight? Where, where was Anthony Davis tonight? That's the bar that he set for himself. And when, when AD has one of those games where it was only 13 points or he only took nine field goal attempts or he didn't get to the free throw line, AD is pretty quick in the post game to say, hey, I, I got to be better. I, I have to be more aggressive. I can't allow a half to go by where I don't take a free throw. You know, he usually somehow finds a way to address it. I, I get what Russ is trying to say is that, look, there's other things I bring to the table that the stat line is not going to show. Um, but last night was not one of those games. He did struggle from the three-point line. Last night was not a good example of one of those games that I think Russ was referring to. And, man, to have nine turnovers in a game – um, I, it's impossible not to make that a conversation, and you know, obviously, obviously, go through his stat line when he has a game like that. He shot seven to sixteen, only had three rebounds and five assists. So it wasn't one of those games where you could say, "Well, Russ had twelve assists and fourteen rebounds as well, and he shot over fifty percent from the field." Just wasn't one of those games. It happens, but I hate not at least addressing that it was one of those games where he knows he has to do a better job to get the Lakers where they need to be. And certainly 19, uh, uh, 19 and 19 is not where um, anybody wants to see the Lakers right now. Okay, that's Russell Westbrook. Um, if you guys, by the way, got any thoughts on that, you can um, feel free to uh, hit me on Twitter, uh, at Alan Sliwa, uh, at Alan Sliwa, if uh, you, you, any topic that you want right now in regards to uh, the Lakers. Um, when we come back, I want to spend some time talking about the Lakers without Anthony Davis, how they've done so far. Uh, hopefully this uh, gives uh, Laker fans a little bit of hope that when AD comes back, hopefully things uh, turn around. Rondo's trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers, why I think this is great for all parties and why I kind of respect the way the Lakers um, handled that predicament for Rondo. And what should the Lakers do with Talon Horton Tucker, because we set some expectations for him that were probably not fair. All that will do coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, Here we are, uh, start of a new year, and Lakers basketball kind of getting right into the thick of the action here almost halfway through the season. So um, spent some time talking about Russell Westbrook, LeBron James still being the best player in the world, and the Lakers through 38 games sitting at 19-19. and 19. If you miss any part of the show, as always, ESPN app or on iTunes, catch the uh, full hour of the show. Uh, also back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers. Then we got pregame show tomorrow with Michael Thompson. So we got a busy couple days coming up here. Um, Lakers without Anthony Davis. So uh, I, I want to. there's a reason why I want to point this out here. Because AD has not had, you know, the season that I think we all want him, expect him to have. Let's let's keep it simple here. Uh, he had that championship run in 2020, um, where it was just such a fantastic run, and he was such a key piece of that Lakers championship. And he hit the buzzer beater against the Denver Nuggets, and um, he's just such a remarkable two-way player. The Lakers. Since he went out in that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, three and six since AD went out. So that's their record, three and six. And that's with winning three of their last four games. Remember, when he went out, they lost five in a row. And, um, you know, there's a lot of circumstances to that. Lakers were also missing a number of guys, health and safety protocols. Um, But, man, 
if that doesn't just kind of tell you, if that doesn't tell part of the story here of how bad the Lakers, when he does come back, uh, how critical of a piece that he's going to be. Because if they're playing 500 basketball right now, they're not playing 500 without him. They're three and six without him, but their you know their record is 500. And and I still expect Lakers to start winning some games now. I know um, I shouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt, but I do think getting back the Austin Reeves and the Malik Monks and the Dwight Howards and the Trevor Arizas and Lakers at one point had what they have six, seven guys in health and safety protocols. Coach Vogel missed six games. Looks like uh, David Fisdale now is in health and safety protocol. So everybody, it seems like, is getting a run at this thing um, where they miss some time. Um, but I, I do think they'll win some of these games just because their role players are key and they're good players. And, you know, obviously they're I- important pieces to just winning when you're missing a guy as significant as Anthony Davis. But um, when, when AD eventually returns for the Lakers. And remember, if I just look at the timeline of when AD went out, that Minnesota Timberwolves game was on a Friday. It was December 17th. On the 18th, the Lakers put out a uh, put out a uh, a tweet and you know a little press release that basically said that they're going to reevaluate him in four weeks. Four weeks is January 18th, um, which is you know it, it, just kind of looking at it. I, I want to as best as I can set the table here of uh, if we're gauging of when Anthony Davis comes back, let's add another two weeks to January 18th. And now you're sitting at um, February ish. You could say that first week of February, which is uh, February 6th, February 7th. I say that because that means Anthony Davis will at least miss another 12 to 15 games, something along those lines, if you're just looking at the schedule like that. And I'm being extra cautious and saying I don't think he's coming back. When they said they'll reevaluate him in four weeks, that just means they're going to reevaluate him. They might say, okay, hey, we reevaluated him, and he's still another two to four weeks out. So the point is is that when can you really expect Anthony Davis back? Maybe it's after the all-star break, and now you're you know really starting to obviously get closer to the playoffs and that ramp up is starting. Um, anybody who thinks that the Lakers, you know, well, you know what, when Anthony Davis is in there, he's not even that big of a deal. Look at the guy. He's not, he's not playing as tough as he should play. You know what? The guy is soft. I, I want, I want you guys to pay attention to these since AD has been out and how difficult it's been in every single game for the Lakers to get a W and the type of performances that LeBron has had to have to just have the Lakers in it. And even in those performances, you're not a lock to get a win. Um, AD is the difference of winning a championship. AD, let's forget about winning a championship because it's really difficult to have that conversation right now. But AD is is the difference of even trying to have a conversation about a championship unless that dude is, you know, obviously not just 100%, but playing at an absolute elite level. That's the hope, obviously, as the season progresses. And, um, you know, we'll see when he does come back and how much the Lakers are able to uh, – Keep their heads uh, above 500 and try to put themselves in a position that when uh, when he does come back, that they're still kind of in the thick of this playoff race and hopefully still an opportunity for that number four seed so they don't have to go through this playoff run the entire way of being on the road. A quick shout-out to Harris Resort SoCal. Um, from dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. We appreciate Harris Resort as a sponsor here on Lakers Talk. Voted best resort in Funner, California. Uh, like I mentioned, from dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. Are you game for a getaway? You could start planning your trip by visiting HarrisSoCal.com. So it's not that this was done very quietly, but um, Rajon Rondo is officially now with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I remember when the Lakers had brought in uh, Rondo and I remember when they brought him back, there was a lot of excitement. Hey, Rondo's coming back to the Lakers. Dwight Howard is coming back to the Lakers. This is exactly what they need. Now they have you know these guys that were part of the championship team back in 2020. And I, I think it's safe to say, whether you're a big Rondo fan or not, um, there just really wasn't that much of a fit for Rondo once you got back. Um, uh, you got Russell Westbrook. Obviously, LeBron James is handling the ball a ton. And this is an interesting one. I I heard Coach Vogel talk about it a little bit earlier today. I I love him saying that 
you know, he said something that it's a true partnership with the players and that this was an opportunity, A, for Rondo to go have a real chance to have a role with the Cavs. I mean, we all know the, you know, the unfortunate news, Ricky Rubio, he's out for the season. And um, I think the Rondo piece in all this is Cavs need him. And the Cavs, you know, if you look at the standings, they're in the thick of the Eastern Conference. So this isn't a a lottery team. No, they're they're trying to play. They got some very nice young talent. Evan Mobley's a fantastic player. I enjoy watching him play, and I'm sure a lot of uh, NBA fans enjoy watching him play. Rondo can help the Cavs. They need what he can provide. And when when I heard Coach say that, it's a true partnership with our players. I I think. You know, I really do feel like that's valued. Other players value that; they remember that, and you can have a you know a, a perception around the league that hey, you know what, Lakers—they're not trying to pull a fast one on anybody. There could be a mutually beneficial deal where Rondo could go play for the Cavs and help them in their playoff run. It's a young team that could use some vet presence. He's going to get more playing time than he was going to get with the Lakers. And oh, by the way frees up a roster spot for the Lakers that they could potentially use in an area that's needed more. Now, we we don't really know, you know, I, I listen, that that last roster spot if if you're asking me, uh, I'm a fan of what Stanley Johnson has done so far with the Lakers and he's, you know, started in a few games for the Lakers, so it's not like he hasn't had uh, an impact for the Lake show and I'm always just a fan of a player that he's young, he's athletic, He's got an opportunity to guard multiple positions. Um, he's hungry. He's fighting for a roster spot. I'm a fan of a player like that. And the Lakers have had, they got enough vets. They got enough older players where a player like that is more valuable to them. Uh, a wing player that could guard multiple positions. I, I think that this could be, you know, obviously mutually beneficial. And I just bring up Stanley Johnson because I'm a fan of his game personally. And I think that's part of what this trade with the Cavs does. Rondo gets an opportunity. Cavs need a player like Rondo. And the Lakers get a roster spot that they'll have some options on. Um, So that just kind of shows, like I said, something that's mutually beneficial for everybody. And specifically for the Lakers, it's going to be a role that's better served with a different player than I think what Rondo was serving for the Lakers. And it's not like this season has been perfect, so trying to find a, a different opportunity for another player is key. And, and this will lead me into my next point. Um, you know, THT, if that was one of those players that you thought coming into the season that the Lakers can depend on, that he's going to be a guy that brings tremendous value, and at worst he's going to have a really good season to kind of make his stock value come up. So if the Lakers are going to try to go make another run at another veteran or kind of fill in some of the needs that they have, hey, perfect. You got your guy, and it's uh, um, it's uh, it's Talon Horn Tucker. That hasn't been the case this season. And, you know, unfortunately, I think for THT, it's interesting with him because I've said this a couple times. I want to reiterate it. The expectations we put on THT was never fair. And by the way, you know, he's definitely not a player right now, this stage of his career, that you could rely on, that you could say, hey, I know when the Lakers put in THT and you give him 25 minutes, this is what he's going to give, this is what he's going to bring to the table. Now, a lot of times he looks lost out there, maybe over dribbling, maybe taking a shot he shouldn't take. Uh, He looks like a 21-year-old. He looks like somebody that just, you know, yes, he's been in the league and he's had some success, but at the same time, uh, he looks like he's somebody that's really trying to figure things out. Now, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I, I'm not one that thinks that THT is not going to turn it around. I just don't know if it's going to happen this year. I don't know if it's going to happen a couple years from now. He's got a lot of great potential, but it's tough with Talon because he's one of those players that the Lakers and we're all asking him, no, you got to produce now. You got to produce tonight. Um, but I think just part of his development and his age, maybe we're asking for something that's not uh, all that realistic. Um, okay, we got a few things still coming up here. Uh, ESPN put out their NBA power rankings. Where do the Lakers fall into that? Got a couple NBA stories that I also want to get into, uh, including Clay Thompson, DeMar DeRozan's couple buzzer beaters, plus the upcoming schedule for the Lakers this week. So, All of that is coming up next. Thank you for being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 
When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, final segment of Lakers Talk. Always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. So ESPN app or on iTunes if you miss any part of the show. Uh, just search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Get the full hour. Continue to do the show here on uh, on Monday nights. Uh, first one of uh, 2022. Ready to see what the Lakers got in front of us. Um, so ESPN always does their NBA power rankings. And I like going through the top five teams and where the uh, Lakers sit. So... No surprise here. The Golden State freaking Warriors. Are you kidding me? 28-7 and seven on the season. Uh, they go into Utah on Saturday night and pick up as impressive of a win on the road as any team this year. And they did it without Draymond Green, who's uh, been out because of COVID protocols. So it's it's just kind of amazing to see what the Warriors have done so far this year uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, who would have thought they were going to be this good? Number two, they're playing just fantastic team basketball, and they got some help coming, which I'm going to get to in just a second. So uh, I think right now it's safe to uh, safe to say that everyone in the NBA is chasing the Golden State Warriors. Now, whether that's going to be the case in a couple of months uh, or, or not, but I don't know why it would change. I think it's only going to get they're only going to get better. Again, I'll, I got top NBA stories I'll get into in just a second. Phoenix they have at. Uh, number two, Chicago, the Bulls, all the way up to number three in the power rankings. And a lot of that has to do with, oh, I don't know, DeMar DeRozan just hitting two buzzer beaters, two consecutive nights. The first time that's ever happened in the history of the NBA. I know Larry Bird did it, but there was a game, there was a day off in between. So that's what they mean by the consecutive days. Plus the Bulls, they're 24 and 10. They've won seven games in a row. And Chicago's really dealt with a lot as well. And, you know, the health and safety protocols, a lot of teams have, as is Brooklyn, the Lakers. And there's a lot of teams that are obviously dealing with it. But I know Chicago, they had missed two games until they finally played the Lakers. Maybe it was three games they missed. And um, even in that game, they didn't have all their players back. But Zach Levine is back. DeMar DeRozan is throwing up buzzer beater after buzzer beater like it's nothing. So they got them at number three. Utah at number four, and the Milwaukee Bucks at number five. Um, they put the Brooklyn Nets at six. Part, probably part of the reason is uh, Brooklyn lost a game at home against the Clippers without Paul George, without Marcus Morris, and without, obviously, Kawhi Leonard. So those are your top five, top six teams. Where are the Lakers? Top ten? No. Uh, Lakers are sitting at number 14, uh, You know, obviously, for the Lakers – uh, up and down season. They've won three of their last four games. You know, you could say, well, the competition has been bad and key players have been missing. I don't care. Uh, who cares, to be honest with you? Lakers have had plenty of games where they haven't been in full strength. So just uh, shows you where the Lakers are as far as the NBA rankings go. They got the Lakers sitting at number 14, and the top five uh, leading the way is no surprise um, the Golden State, uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, all right, quick shout-out here. Harris Resort SoCal, thank you for their partnership on the show. Um, I said it, I'll say it again, from dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. Uh, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. You could start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. Um, top NBA stories, there's one specific story that I want to get into. So... There's optimism. Woj put out this tweet that Clay Thompson will make his return versus the Cavs on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday. So uh, I guess a final decision is still going to be made after the Warriors return from their two-game road trip on uh, on Friday. If it wasn't, Michael and I were talking about this in the pregame show. If Clay wasn't going to come back this Sunday, I don't think they have another home game till January 18th or something along those lines. Another week out. Um, man, what a cool story. And, you know, I, I watched the video Clay hit, I don't know what it was, like 24 threes in a row in practice. Um, Clay Thompson's such an easy player to root for, and he's such an easy player 
you know, aside from us all having a relationship with Michael Thompson and how much we love MT, um, Clay's just a guy that likes playing defense. All the guy wants to do is win. Um, he's a fantastic basketball player. He's one of the purest shooters in the history of the NBA. The guy hasn't played basketball in, what is it, two years? Um, and when when you, you know, obviously are, are trying to see a player come back, um, a player of that caliber, you're rooting for him. So the fact that if it is on Friday, or I'm sorry, if it is on Sunday and it's against the Cavs and it's in front of his home crowd at Chase Center and it's in San Francisco, it'll be a cool moment for Clay Thompson. Um, another NBA story I thought was interesting, and this is a completely different type of story. This isn't you know based off an injury or anything along those lines. Um, but it does look like Kyrie Irving is going to make his NBA season debut on Wednesday. So that's the plan. Again, another quote from Woj. Um, You know, we all know the story. He's not uh, vaccinated for COVID-19, so he hasn't played all season. And the mandate is he cannot play in New York City. So this would be the first opportunity for him to uh, play so far this year. And, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they're a good team. They're going to be the favorites, to, one of the favorites to win an NBA championship. But with that being said, Kyrie Irving's a big piece of this pie for the Brooklyn Nets. So their game is at Indiana. And if that's the first game that he plays, then, you know, obviously we, we keep an eye um, on that game and how he does. And there's going to be a close eye on the Brooklyn Nets because they got those three big players and those three stars. And they've only played seven games together all season long. We got a chance to watch Brooklyn on Christmas and no Kyrie and no KD, you still had Harden go off. You still had Patty Mills go off for 30-plus points. So it's a dangerous team, uh, certainly uh, in the NBA, and it looks like Kyrie's going to come back in a few days. Um, okay, upcoming schedule for the Lakers. Laker fans. I don't want to sound like I'm uh, being uh, uh, like the, I'm making something more dramatic than it needs to be. Kind of a big week for the Lakers. You got the Sacramento Kings coming up uh, uh, tomorrow. You have obviously um, you got the Atlanta Hawks. So by the way, Sacramento, where are they sitting in the standings? Sixteen and twenty-two. Atlanta Hawks, where are they sitting in the standings? Sixteen and nineteen. These teams aren't playing good basketball. And the other team you got coming up this Sunday, which is against the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is playing great basketball. They're twenty-three and fourteen. They've won four games in a row. They beat the Lakers. Uh, already what was that a week ago or something along those lines so that's going to be the tough one but when I say it's a critical week for the Lakers can they go two and one can they finish off this road this homestand four and one you already got you already took care of two teams can you go get these next two and it's not a lock it's not a guarantee you know Sacramento can easily walk in and beat the Lakers Atlanta can too Memphis we know how dangerous they are but, you know, to get to the halfway point of the season, which would be on uh, Sunday, uh, to be a game above 500 and kind of try to build off of that, I think is important. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal about it, but I certainly uh, think that's the case. Uh, okay, that's all the time we got tonight for uh, Lakers Talk. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Um, I'm back tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers starting at 10 a.m. L.A., as always, have a great rest of your night.